Hey, Kyle. How are you? Good. How you doing? I'm well. Chilling out of here on a very, very, very slow work week. So. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's the worst. What I hate is that all entertainment goes away. It's all gone. That, that, that anything you'd want to watch is gone. Watched uh, uh, the original Clash of the Titans last night. It, it's so crazy and great. It's it's Ray Harryhausen doing all this kind of stop motion animation in it. It's one of the last big examples of that, and it's it's cool. I mean, you know, it's insanely cheesy and funny and weird, but it was great. Yeah. When I woke up yesterday morning, we had an owl standing at our front door, which is so weird. Uh, it was a great horned owl. We kind of took photos of it and sent them to everybody. And then I, I was talking about Bubo, and in, in the movie, of Clash of the Titans, the the uh, I can't remember which Aphrodite or Athena or who one of the goddesses, Zeus tells her give your owl, which is named Bubo. It's like a live owl. Give your owl to Perseus to help him because Pegasus got kidnapped. And she doesn't want to give up her real owl. So she goes to this guy and has him build a mechanical owl that's like <laughs> silver and gold metal. And then the whole movie, there's this weird animated version of the owl he calls Bubo. And it comes and it sort of sounds like R2-D2. Right. The movie's made in 1981. So it's like this weird way it's trying to, kind of trying to be like Star Trek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like... Super amazing. Anyway, <laughs> older stuff is crazy. I like that. Well, that's all the time we have today, so thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I it's okay. So- I loved it. It's, uh, like I said, it's kind of what's been on my mind. And your music, I should say, and that's a nice seg. Your music's been on my mind late, a lot lately. You know, the rumors are going around, and you, you've sort of like done the soft announce in other interviews that new music is on the way, but... I oh, guess- yeah. The last time, the last um, Originals album was 2011's Modern Art, and there was the Volume 3 of Under the Covers. But, uh, you know, I, I'm going to ask the basic generic question of, like, uh, what have you been doing the last few years? <laughs> it's so weird that much time passed. It kind of blows my mind. I think a lot, you know, two or three years of it can be attributed to just uh, my wife and I moving. You know, after 20 years in Los Angeles, we moved to Nebraska. I'm sure we probably talked about that before. You know, that kind of took, you know, about a year. First of all, not even a year into it, my mother died. So that kind of made everything change in just a odd, <laughs> not definable way, you know. But you go through what you go through. And I I never had a parent, you know, die before her. So I think that kind of froze me. It made me get going slowly on the Kickstarter because it just kind of knocked me out a little bit. And I just didn't really know how to start working you know so by the time i started the record it was a couple years ago um after i'd sold it on on kickstarter it probably didn't start it for like nine months and then uh and then i've just been working on it and because i did multiple batches of songs i really wanted to have a lot of songs to pull from uh that took me a little longer too but the result, I think, is really, really good, and I'm really excited about it. And uh, it is done. The main album is done. It's called Tomorrow Forever, and it has 17 songs on it. Then there's a whole second album that's called Tomorrow's Daughter, and it's another 12 songs that were, you know, didn't were favorites for one reason or another, but didn't make the main album. 
And that's going to be what people get who bought demos. Then, of course, I'll make it available, you know, more broadly as soon as I can. So that stuff's all done and mixed. Uh, that main album is even mastered. It has to be a double album because 17 songs just doesn't work. If I'd put it on one disc, it would have been really quiet and noise, uh, the music and a lot of noise floor and stuff. So, But that's Sean, exciting. I mean, you know, if we're going to wait a few years, a double album is a nice way to, to come back. And, and when you talk about all those extra tracks, I mean, you're essentially almost talking like a quadruple album or something. So Yes. And, you know, even beyond the second group of songs, in an album form, there are another, I gotta say, six or eight probably that are, you know, we can use as giveaways and things. So, you know, as far as the songs themselves, I mean, is there, I don't know, a mood or a concept or, or even a theme to these songs, especially having come, you know, in the wake of something um, as tragic as losing your parent? Well, I think that they're, you know, losing my mother in there. Um, being excited with kind of a clean slate is in there. Um, pondering the universe is in there. <laughs> you know, a lot of topics probably I would normally uh, attack, but I think it's it's hard for me to say what it overall seems like. It's got a pretty widely varied kinds of things on it, um, which is one of the reasons I did so many uh, groups of songs was to just try to make sure I had really good things of all kinds, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh my God! I just got a text. I have to tell it to you because it fits the world of music. <laughs> my manager runs this uh, songwriter festival in uh, the Florida Panhandle every January. They this area called 30A has a million bars and stuff, and they bring in singer songwriters from all over the country, from up north and California and Nashville and all these places. And then they usually have a some kind of a, a bigger headline band. And this year, I'm going down there to play it, but also the big headliner band is is uh, Cheap Trick. And the text that came on was, you are opening for Cheap Trick on headline stage. <laughs> it was like, awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a that's a dream matchup right there, uh, the two of you guys and your style of, of rock and roll. You know, that's, that's a good point to make, too, because you are so closely associated uh not just with a specific instrument the guitar but even that that style of of pop rock that you know is kind of you know people have kind of stamped you with your your entire career Uh, yeah and have you ever thought that that painted you into a corner because you do mess with other sounds you know different versions of rock um yeah you into a corner or and, and does it make it hard to paint outside of those lines because of of that label i think if i were to absorb those kind of ideas and think about it Maybe it would influence me to some degree, but I just, it's just not what, how I do it, you know? So once I'm making songs, I'm just not really thinking about where I come from, you know what I mean? I just do kind of whatever. But I mean, obviously over the years, I found out people say power pop and that's fine with me. I'm amazed to still exist, you know? (laughs) I'll wait till... 3,000 to get in the rock college. <laughs> um, but uh, I probably will. Uh, it won't exist, I suppose. Um, rock? What, is, what was that? Um, but uh, no, no, I don't. I don't really feel restricted. And um, it was kind of fun being here because I did a couple songs that, that I did sort of early on, actually, in the record 
I did one where Gary Loris did some vocals on it and played some guitar on it, and then a, a second one that he played on some, and they were kind of country, your country rock, you know? Yep. So there's this kind of moment of that, but then there's like kind of a acidy surf song on it, so there's like something that's weird sort of surf, and then there's this kind of Baroque, ballady, trippy stuff that... Um, you know, a couple of songs, I just love how they turned out so much. And part of it is from his musicianship, but uh, Rod Argent played on, oh, wow. played grand piano on two songs. Oh, that's that's awesome. And both those songs are just elevated yeah. by his talent. <laughs> and he jammed along with whatever was there, and he just made it so great. So there's a couple of songs like that I'm just so enamored with that are almost like, I don't know how to explain it, but you'll you'll hear that stuff, you know, yeah. when you hear it. So, so you've got some cool guests on this record too, then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um on my well, Rick, you know, played drums on the first two batches, mm-hmm. which was um, you know, probably twenty twenty, twenty two songs or something between those. And then uh the last batch he couldn't come from California because he was doing uh having to get some medical stuff. And so I ended up getting Debbie Peterson from the Bangles to come and uh, play on that last batch. And it was a batch where I tried to do tons of really slower things to make sure I had stuff like that sort of on the album. But there are some really, you know, a handful of things I love that came out of that batch as well. So I don't know. I'm curious for people to hear it. It'll be interesting to see what they like. Well, it's all very exciting. I mean, I'm I'm seriously... Uh, especially, you know, since I'd heard that the album was in progress anyway, and now getting even closer. I mean, this is, uh, I'd put this on the list of highly anticipated of 2017. Uh, well, you know, I just think there's stuff I really care about on it, so I hope there'll be stuff other people care about. Well, uh, you know, enjoy your time off that you've got left before all the madness starts, and, uh, you know, hopefully, I don't know, I bless you with many more owls on your doorstep, or, or not. Oh, thank, you. thank you so much, and same to you. I hope world still exists next time we talk we'll see okay talk to you soon bye